Episode 110, Trust. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And I have to say, Tony's eyes just bugged out when I said episode 110. <laughs> I know. Like, whoa. Even though we do this every week, there's still that as the numbers creep up. Um, there's still that enormous sense of gratitude Yeah. to all of you that we are here every week or every other week as life permits and um, get to share our lives and our insights with all of you. So thank you. If you're a new listener to One Extraordinary Marriage, you're in for a real treat. Um, welcome. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Hopefully you came by through, you know, a post that we put up recently, which mm-hmm. is called 23 Marriage Lessons We've Learned in 15 Years of Marriage. And if you haven't caught that, you can go to One Extraordinary Marriage and catch it. But Elise and I, we sat down. Here's the gist of the post anyways. We, we sat down one evening, a little after our 15th year anniversary and we just sort of you know what are some life lessons what are some marriage lessons we have learned and we're going to do 15 for 15 years well it sort of grew into 23 could 16 yeah we could probably put a couple more in there but we ended at 23 and it's uh it's pretty cool so check it out because you know 23 is a nice round number and uh you know that'll stick with all of you that oh yeah those crazy de lorenzo's they can't even (laughs) (laughs) they can't go 15 they can't go 20 they can't go 25 no they go straight to 23 so yeah a couple other folks said they're going to do we just got an email actually today i want to say from sheila they are going to be celebrating her and her husband are going to be celebrating 28 years yeah and she and she liked this so much that she and her husband were going to do their own their own for them just for them so i thought that was rad we uh, had a unique opportunity last week. Tony was speaking at a MOPS group, Mothers of Preschoolers, here in San Diego. And I actually got, you know, had the time in my schedule to be able to go and sit in on that presentation. And uh, he was talking more about it from the fitness side, but using fitness as a marriage builder mm-hmm. and how getting your body in shape brings just a stronger dynamic into your marriage and and it was really neat because obviously me being there you know oh there's his wife (laughs) as tony is the token male in the room full of 80 women um but it was really a neat experience for me to be there and and you know often when we speak we speak together and so to watch him kind of in his element and yet all of these women you know still opening up their hearts and well not all but some after and just you know sharing what's going on with them Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is the same stuff that we hear, the same issues that we hear from all of you. Um, and as I was talking to a woman today, you know, she said, you know what, sometimes it's nice just to know that I'm not alone. Right. And that's part of the reason why we do this podcast, um, to let you know that you're not alone, that there are people literally all over this world that are going through some of the same challenges in their marriages that you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we titled this episode Trust. And, you know, sometimes we come up with a topic and, you know, we kind of mull it around for a few days. Sometimes it's one that, you know, we're getting on the air and, you know, we're like, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to, you know, it's kind of the take the lead thing. And so one of us takes the lead and, and, uh, you makes a decision on what we're going to talk about. And this is one, the issue of trust in a marriage. Tony actually brought this up a few days ago. 
And then we ran into a situation Sunday night where our Sunday became um, just unexpectedly busy. We, we were blessed with a visit from some dear friends who were in town. And so we had actually made the decision not to do this podcast this week because I was supposed to be somewhere. We're recording this on Monday. Sunday night, friends came over. Monday night, I was supposed to be somewhere else. And, you know, sometimes God just clears your calendar because he wants you to share a message. And that is what has happened Mm -hmm. this week. My evening appointment was canceled, rescheduled, and God wants us on the microphones. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because my eyes did bug out at episode 110, and it's taken us this long to even approach the subject, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because it is a huge subject when it comes to our marriages. You know, many of you probably have trust issues going on right now in your marriage. Mm -hmm. You've been lied to. You've been told things that are not truthful. Are you able to trust your spouse, Mm -hmm. you know, in front of the computer, male or female? Are you able to trust your spouse with their phone? Are they going to use it to approach or woo Somebody of the opposite sex. Yeah. Is trust an issue with your finances? <laughs> yeah. You know, finances. Uh, who out there right now? Do you have a credit card that your spouse doesn't even know about? That's a big one. That's a, that's a huge trust issue. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading this week in some one of my books, one of my marriage books on love and all that good stuff that I like to read about, you know, th- this was something that just, it wasn't really talked about in the book itself, but it just sort of hit me. And I just started looking back on mine and Elisa's marriage, just looking at it going, okay, when times were tough, you know, and again, our transformation started four years ago. So it's it's not that far back that we have to look to see that there were tough times. For those of you that are new to the show, that would be year 11 of marriage. Yeah, year 11. And if you want to listen to the, the some of the major issues that we've gone on that have happened in our marriage, you can listen to episode four mm-hmm. and then episode seven as well. So anyways, I, I was looking back and one of the big issues for me, pornography for a number of years in our marriage, you know, how did that affect Elisa? You know, when it came to all forms of our intimacy, you know, emotionally looking at this going, you know, she can't trust me. So is she really going to tell me her deepest, darkest desire, secrets, frustrations with what may be around her with herself, with me, if I'm hiding from her? And so, you know, I just, I just start, started thinking back and I'm going, wow, there are many, many a times when I can see that my inability to tell the truth and let her in completely was hindering our marriage. Absolutely. And, you know, when you have that, that trust issue, whether you're the one being untrustworthy or you're the one whose intuition is sending up all the red flags like, oh, something's going on here, um, that, that is going to impact 
all levels. You're going to have difficulty communicating with your spouse. You're going to have difficulty being intimate with your spouse. You're going to have difficulty spending time with your spouse because who wants to spend time with somebody they don't trust? Mm -hmm. You know, and I I was talking to a a woman today um, and they're having trust issues in their marriage and you, she was telling me about her husband and saying, well, you know, he just says, honey, tell me what you want me to do. And I, I told her, I said, you know what? It's not a matter of him saying, tell me what you want me to do. It's a matter of him owning the situation. He needs to step up when you're the one that's violated the trust in whatever arena that is, whether it's finances, whether it's infidelity, you know, the list can go on and on and on. Oh, it could be small lies. Just, he, you know, it could be the thing where, you know, you're coming home from the office and you're saying, hey, I'm leaving the office when you've been at Starbucks or somewhere else just to chill out for 45 minutes. And not that there's anything inherently wrong in, you know, taking that quiet time, you know, in that particular instance and taking that time before you come home. But if you're not being truthful with your spouse, that's where the, that's where the trust issue comes in. Correct. Um, But you know what I told her is if he doesn't want to own this problem, then you're going to constantly live with the question of is he or isn't he? Mm -hmm. And in their particular situation, the issue is pornography. And so she threw the question back at me, you know, as we were talking about what's going on in their marriage. And she goes, well, how do you know that Tony isn't? And for those of you who are new, listen to episode seven. Tony had a 19 year addiction to pornography. That's the cliff notes version. Um, And is no longer addicted to pornography. Yep. Eight and, years. I have not looked at it, touched it, wanted to look at it. And looking back, at least, and I've had some numerous conversations about it, and it, it's truly a miracle from God. It is. And, you know, what I was able to tell her, I said, I know that it's not in my house because I know how I'm treated now versus how I was treated then. Mm-hmm. I know that when my husband makes love to me, that he is making love to me, mm-hmm. not to, you know, whatever fantasy girl is playing, a, you know, across his eyes when his eyes are shut. Cause guess what? Most of the time he makes love with his eyes open. Um, you know, I know that I am cherished, that it is my body that he desires. And that's because the trust is there. I don't have to worry if I take the kids out of town for a weekend that I need to come home and scour the computer and, you know, look through the trash and check his phone because he's rebuilt that trust. Was it an easy process? No. When you violated somebody's trust, it is not an easy process to rebuild that. But what I walked away from this conversation today going, if you are still deciding whether or not you're committed to your marriage, then you're not going to draw that line in the sand to say, we are going to make this better. If you're thinking, well, there's still, you know, if he doesn't shape up, then there's this out for me. So maybe I'm in my marriage and maybe I'm not in my marriage. I'm kind of, you know, waiting to see which way the wind blows. You're not going to put forth the effort to fix it. Right. Or to make him fix it. Or her. Or, or yeah, to get, and, you know, I'm speaking to this particular situation, but, you know, whichever one of you has got the problem, Somebody needs to own that. Right. 
and not enable it. Mm-hmm. Because so often I think when we've got these issues, it's easy to get the tables turned. You know, and so suddenly the one who has kind of been dumped on feels like, oh, well, I should be doing more and I should be helping. You know, I'm going to say that's BS. I'm going to say the one that's got the problem needs to step up and own it and be the one to start rebuilding and recovering that trust. And like Elisa said, it, it takes time and effort. When I dropped the bomb on Elisa of all those years of pornography, and Elisa was even a part of it early on in our marriage, she knew and we had done some readings together and all that sort of stuff. But as the years went on, and she, well, let's, let me step back. There came a point in time when Lisa was just like, this isn't doing it for me anymore. So I went into secret. I went into basically my hiding, using it, looking at it, viewing it without her knowledge, lying to her about it by just not even saying anything about it. I was lying to my spouse. And so when I did bring it up to her, you know, it hit her hard. And because of that, obviously there's a big trust issue that was broken. And so those years that I was building up this facade, this wonderful life, this wonderful marriage we had, it came crumbling down. And when it crumbles down, there is heartache and there are hard times, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing is we had a commitment to each other. We knew we were not going to get divorced. We were going to figure out how we were going to make our marriage stronger and better. And by doing that, and so many of you are going, well, okay, well, how did you do it? Well, one of it was we engaged in conversation. One of the big things for us now is that we talk to each other about these things. And we have to be open and we have to be honest with each other. And sometimes it's always not verbally. Sometimes it's written. Mm-hmm. You know, last week, Elisa wrote me an email or she sent me, a, she forwarded me an email with a Bible verse. And it was something like, I think God is telling us something here. Because we'd heard this verse in various forms in about six different ways over the previous two days. Yeah. And, and, and it's basically, trust me. Trust me. That's God saying, trust me with your life. Stop controlling it. Stop taking over it. Stop trying to plan out tomorrow and the next day and the next. Trust me. And I wrote her, and this is, I don't have it up in front of me, but basically I said, I'm scared where we are. I'm fearful at where we are. I am, I am, there are days when I feel like I'm just swimming and I'm not getting anywhere. And that is tough to write sometimes for me. Even though I can verbalize it here on the podcast, you know, a week later, to write that and let Elisa know that is tough. But I realize every time that I do that, I open up myself, I let her know what's happening. The trust continues to grow. Mm-hmm. She knows that I can give her whatever And I do too. I know I can give her whatever is on my mind and she is going to absorb it. She's going to just listen, right? And that she is not going to ridicule me or 
or put me down or anything of that nature. And, and it's taken us a long time because, and I know we've shared this in um, one of the earlier podcasts, but you know, Tony, I knew about Tony's pornography addiction. I knew that he had worked through that. Um, but even after we had started writing our book, right. stripped down 13 keys to unlocking intimacy in your marriage, we'd started the blog, we're going along and we're having a conversation one morning. Here we are working in our kitchen, trying to get this book together. And the conversation starts off. There's something I really need to let you know. Yes. Okay. Nothing good ever follows that phrase in any of its various shapes or forms. And, you know, that was the conversation we had where Tony said, you know what? Never actually slept with anyone, but I kind of tested my limits on some of my business trips back when I was flying to, with a previous company back to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here we are. We've started a marriage ministry. We're blogging. We're writing a book on, you know, creating intimacy in your marriage. And I get sucker punched. Sucker punched. Just like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Put the brakes on. I'm not doing anything marriage related with this guy. Uh, no. And, um, you know, I. That was the last big thing. That was the last. Yeah. That was, that was the that, last big surprise. And that was about two years ago. That's probably, yeah, right about now, probably. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and so then, you know, I know some of you are sitting there going, well, what'd you do? You know, how'd you get past that? Obviously, you know, you're 110 podcast episodes into this, and the book got done, and you guys, you know, speak around the country now. What, what'd you do? And I'm going to tell you, I prayed. But I took it a step further. Um. Because I think a lot of time we get stuck in just the idea of praying. That, you know, if we just pray hard enough and long enough and say the right words, God's going to answer our prayers. And while we are strong believers in the power of prayer, I also believe that God calls us to do. He did not give us our abilities so that we would just sit and wait for him to do everything. Mm Mm-hmm. So when we're in line with him and we've involved him through prayer and are trusting him, we also have the ability to actively make the positive changes in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, that day I have, of course, I get this news at like 1030 before I have to go pick up my daughter at 1130. Um, and I get in the car and I'm like, okay, God, I do not know what you've got planned for this marriage. Seriously, he's, you know, we're in the middle of all this marriage ministry stuff and he's dropping this on me now. I, you know, I told God, I said, I am mad. I am mad at him for doing this. I am mad at what this means for our marriage. I just, and, and and yet I don't want to be that way. I don't want to pick up my daughter and have this anger and I don't want to, uh, that's not what I want for my life and my marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you got to take this away. (laughs) You know, and sometimes, you know, that's the conversation I have with God. I'm like, I need you to do this. It's kind of like when I'm not in the mood. I'm like, God, I need you to, you know, make it happen. Get a little excitement going on here. And last night. Yeah, we were in that place. But, you know, there are times when the earnest prayers sometimes are the ones that are answered most quickly. And God took that anger. And I came home and said, you know, basically, I've made a decision. This is going to be in the past. You know, he's told me it has not happened, you know, 
I mean, at that point in time, it had been, gosh, probably seven, six, seven years since that incident had taken place. Um, there was obviously a long time gap mm-hmm. there. And I just said, you know what? It's in the past. That was, that was the active part of my prayer. You know, I, do I beat him over the head with this? No. Does it come up in conversation? Only when we're on the air. You know, we do not. And the reason it comes up on the air is because there is, there is a message in this for all of you who have had your trust violated. You can rebuild your marriages after trust has been broken. But I'm going to tell you, it takes a commitment on the part of both of you. Because the one that's been hurt has to be willing to open their heart again. And the one that did the damage has to be willing to step up and repair that damage. And to keep putting forth the effort to repair the damage. You know, because it, it, it's, not, it's not a quick fix. You know, and it's also, you know, there's also a fine line there. You can't keep beating him or her up over the head every time you have an argument and say, oh, well, you did that thing. Remember when you did that to me? I, they know they hurt you. They don't want to hear about it every time something goes bad. Every time, you know, they forget to bring the milk or home or buy the favorite thing at the grocery store or take the garbage, out, you know, whatever it is. We've told you this many times. Stop beating each other up for past wrongs. That does not repair the trust in your relationship. It Nor does, does it build the love. It, it does nothing but humiliate the person that made the mistake. And you can't have a loving, growing, thriving marriage if somebody is constantly being humiliated or embarrassed, or hurt. It's not going to happen. Yeah, because you're, you're breaking down that trust each and every time you're doing that because the spouse who is being ridiculed or beat up on or what were some of the other words you used there? I spaced it. You're, you're, you get the gist. Yeah. Well, whatever is happening, they're going to start pulling away because no matter what they try to do, you keep, taking them down Mm -hmm. and it just isn't going to work. I'll I'll tell you for those times, both with the pornography and and the second time here, when I told Elisa about some of the shenanigans I was doing at bars and stuff, not once has Elisa ever brought it back up. We worked our way through it, but never in an argument, never in a time of heated discussion has she ever come back to me and said, well, you did this. So I, I have the right to lord it over you. Not once. And I'll tell you, for me, you know what? I owned up to my wrongs. I owned up to the crap that I brought in to our marriage. I'm not sitting here saying that I, that I, um, gosh, Lost, lost for words here tonight. Um, I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah, and it's starting to sound bad here. Um, <laughs> next thought. Yeah, I know. Next thought. I'm not trying to say what I did was good. I'm not trying to say that I've. Um, you're just not minimizing it. I'm not minimize. No, I'm not minimizing it whatsoever. It's just 
when you're when you're in a relationship, you have a choice. Yeah. You have a choice whether or not you are going to take those past wrongs and make them the focus of your relationship and, and have it be about all the bad stuff. And this kind of goes back to when we saw the vow and Paige's mother says, you know, because there was infidelity in their marriage, you know, Paige's mm-hmm. mother says, the reason I didn't love him was because I t- basically I chose to remember all the things he did right and not the one thing he did wrong. And that's how it is when you have a trust issue in your marriage. You know, I was talking to another woman today and, you know, she was, t- it's really interesting when I tell people what we do. Um, suddenly everybody starts telling me about their sex lives. <laughs> you know, woman I, I've only known for 30 seconds today and, you know, I suddenly know everything about the last 20 years in her marriage, which I think is phenomenal. And I love that people open up to us like that. Um, but I hear, as a result of that, I hear a lot of the hurts and a lot of the pains and a lot of the the inability to share because you're so worried about whether or not your marriage is a safe place because that trust has not been created. You know, you don't have you don't have that relationship or that that ability, that feeling within your marriage that this is a safe place that I can trust you mm-hmm. with what's going on in you know, my deepest, darkest fears and secrets and all of that, the number one person you should be able to tell that to is your spouse. Yeah. You know, I, there's the whole, you know, I married my best friend and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I've told you guys, there are definitely times when sometimes I'm dealing with things and I have to go to a girlfriend, a trusted girlfriend who's not going to bag on my husband um, before I can go to Tony. Because sometimes I just have to talk it through with a girl before I can, you know, verbalize it to him. But that doesn't happen very often. But the other thing that I realized in the conversations that I'm having with these women on a more regular basis is that trust extends outside the marriage too. You know, you've got to be able to trust your friends with the crap that's going on. Yeah, because you don't want them spreading that all around to other people when it's, when well, it's nobody else's business other than maybe between you and your girlfriend or for you guys, you and, and your buddies. Yeah, the, I think the trust with friends, is, it's kind of a two-way street or you know, a two-pronged approach is that you want to trust that they're a safe person to talk to in that they're not going to be gossiping about you and, and, you know, oh, well, here's the latest, you know, like for us, here's the latest on the DeLorenzo's, blah, 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 you know, take out a billboard. But you also have to trust that they can handle the raw emotion. Mm-hmm. Of what's going on with you. You know, I, one of the women I spoke to today, she's like, well, you're the person I call when something's going on in my marriage. And we only know each other through this situation mm-hmm. with their marriage. And I had the thought after I said, you know, it kind of makes me sad that you can't talk to your friends about this. Those people that have known you for the last however many years, you know, you've done picnics together and barbecues and you watch each other's kids play baseball and and yet you have to keep up a facade for them. Mm. That's a trust issue. You're worried that they'll think less of you or less of your husband. And that that really kind of broke my heart. When I had that realization with her and for her, that that, that's where she is with her friends. 
And that's not to say that I haven't been there in the past. I have. And and it's a lonely place because you have friends, but, you know, there's certain things we don't talk about. You know, we come in our house and, you know, park the car in the garage, garage door goes down, the front door gets closed, and, ooh, we don't talk about what happens inside. Yeah, and if you're looking to build a community, we've mentioned this numerous times, pick up the book Bo's Cafe, and you may have a group of individuals you want to set up this, you know, taking off the mass community where you can open up and you can have trust in there so that you can bring that back into your marriage. And I would suggest picking up Bo's Cafe. If you have to, go go buy a couple for, for some of your friends. Say, hey, I want to do this for us. Read it together. Start a small group together. Start talking deep. Don't even call it a small group. Call Don't it a book club. Yeah, call book it a club. book club. Whatever you need to do, but you've got to be able to form that community so you can... So you can work through some of these issues in some of these times. And Elise and I have been very fortunate that we're okay opening up to people and going, this is who we are. If you like it, cool. If you don't, it's okay. We're not going to have any hurt. We're not going to feel badly. You know, it's just, this is who we are. And this has been, you know, for us, it's been a process. Oh, totally. I, mean, I remember the first time we, we jumped into a small group, but, um, CRB, the church that we currently attend. And, you know, we're there the first night and we're just kind of like, all right, well, here's who we are. You know, we're kind of laying it all out on the line. And one of the small group leaders comes up to us afterwards and says, well, you know, this group's been meeting for a couple of years and we've never quite had a conversation like that with that amount of transparency. And, you know, Tony and I looked at each other on the drive home going, you've been meeting for two years. Really? Really? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I have to give a shout out to one of our listeners Ooh. for this. Um, this is going out to Jean because it was Jean after episode three who wrote us a personal message. Um, and Jean has listened to every single every episode. Every single episode. And that we know of. Yeah. I and mean, she, she messages me from time to time, just kind of Chimes giving in. me her insights. Um, but Jean was the one who challenged us on the show. Right. And she basically said, who are you? And, and why are you doing this? And she forced us at that point in time, this is after episode three, so episode four is the one that we encourage all new listeners um, to listen to because it is, it is the defining moment mm-hmm. of One Extraordinary Marriage. She was the one that put the transparency on the table. And we do owe her a debt of gratitude because it has shaped this show over the last 105 episodes. Um, well, shaped us as people. And shaped us as people and said, you know what? We're not going to hide behind the masks. Right. We're going to tell you who we are. You know, I have no problem sitting down across the table from somebody like the woman I just met this afternoon. Um, had only talked to her on the phone once and we met for coffee at Starbucks and I start telling her about one and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, we've dealt with the big things, you know, we've dealt with pornography, we've dealt with child loss, we've dealt with debt, um, we've dealt with addiction, we, you know, I, you name it, that's who my, that's who I am in my marriage. And she just looked at me and her eyes got big and she's like, wow, where, you know, where can I find your podcast? Um, and what I realized is 
and, and I've shared this with you guys in the past about rumors and um, how to dispel that is that when you trust yourself and when you know where your foundation is and in whom you put your own trust, you know that however that other person reacts, that's their deal. I know where I stand with my husband. I know where I stand with God. Mm-hmm. Somebody doesn't like me because of my past. If somebody doesn't like me because of what my husband has done in the past, that is their problem. You know, and I'm not going to own their problem. I'm okay with people not liking me. I'm okay, you know, I'm okay when we get <laughs> every once in a while we get, you know, like a two or three star review on iTunes or things like that. You know, people are like, hey, I listened to you for the last year and you haven't said anything worthwhile. Okay, I think that's great because you stuck around for a year to find out whether or not we had anything to say. Uh, That's a lot of time invested, but that's your deal. That's not my deal. Right. Do what you can to build trust in your relationships and don't take on things that don't belong to you. Right. Yeah, and, and as as we finish up today, I think I want to t- touch on the one area that this has profound effect on us, mm-hmm. and it's in our sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm looking at where Elise and I are, and just going back two years ago when I dropped that bomb on her, and where we have gone and where, what we have learned when we've been able to rebuild this marriage, you know, Little by little, it started four years ago, you know, and you have those highs and lows. We have those in in this journey called marriage, right? But when it comes to our sexual intimacy, I really started thinking about this recently. You know, there's a part of us, even as guys, that we give ourselves to our wives. And there's a pleasure that we get from it as well, obviously. For the woman and for the wife, she gives of herself and also is receiving. And as the trust between Elise and I has gone more enhanced, I would say, it's gotten closer together, tighter, that give and take has deepened for us. Mm-hmm. It has become this amazing gift that we give to each other but we also get to receive and enjoy together. So the ability for us to just really be able to know that when we're in bed together or wherever else we may be, because we do like to change it up, that we are giving ourselves, but we're also receiving. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been an amazing way that we are able to connect and in, in, in a way that is just so fulfilling and so amazing that I only can look to God and go, thank you for allowing this to happen that we were open enough so many years ago to go, we need to change. We need to blow this thing up knowing that we're going to stick it, stick together. We need to blow this marriage apart and we need to start rebuilding the foundation. And the foundation needs to be on trust. It has to be on trust because we need to know that we have each other's back no matter what. 
And I think, and I should say, I know early on in our marriage, neither of us felt that way. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't. And I'm sure Lisa would say the same. Right. And so taking it step by step, and as we've talked over the last, you know, months and years, we built it and we built it. And and what I want to and what we'll continue to say and, and share with you guys is that when you're in a world of hurt in your marriage, you gotta realize there is no microwave option here. It is, it is, I would say, a one hundredth of a percent that you're going to be able to turn around and in two minutes, this thing is going to be fixed. It is going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take work. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I don't want anybody to ever listen to us thinking that there's an easy way out. I just don't see it. And from the people we've talked with and the people we continue to talk with, it takes time. And so please get that in your mind and realize that it does take time. Well, and it also sometimes takes a a third party in terms of a counselor to to help the two of you see through and break through what is going on. And um, we're big proponents that if you need help, you get it because it's very easy to, you know, when we're wearing those masks and um, not trusting anyone else just to say everything's fine when it's not getting any better. Right. And so find a, find a trusted advisor, whether it's through your church or through local counseling services. Um, If trust has been broken, sometimes you will need a third party advisor to help you rebuild that mm-hmm. because it's going to take effort on both sides. And sometimes that, that third person um, can tactically handle how to rebuild that because you know, you guys are involved in marriages, you know, sometimes there's the, he said, she said, and fingers get pointed and um, a whole lot of nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't be embarrassed don't be ashamed. There is nothing wrong or bad about having to ask for help. Right. Yeah. And it just it allows for hopefully both of you to just open up, let loose. And I will say if you're in those early years of kids that, you know, it, it's a tough time. You know, there, there is so much of your attention is on those little ones. And I think Elise and I fell into this trap that everything was revolving around those guys, which is important, but we didn't have each other's back. And so, you know, we needed help during that time and we sought counseling during that time because we needed to rebuild. Again, this was part of that rebuilding process for us. We needed to rebuild this and and learn new things so that we could continue forward and, and grow our marriage. And so that's what we got. I will say it's awesome. It's awesome. When you start working on it, it's scary. It's fearful, but I'm going to tell you on the other side, it's, it's amazing. The grass is green right here. I don't need to look at any other grass because the, the grass right here is awesome. 
you know, and I don't have a lawn in my yard, front or back, zero escape the thing. So it is a, it is green. It is awesome. That's and so we, funny. All I can picture is the Song of Solomon when you do, like, the grass is green. Yes. Sorry. If you haven't read the Song of Solomon, read it. The visual images are... Um, fantastic. Fantastic. In fact, we heard somebody in our small group, large group, this past weekend, you know, talking about how if somebody in the movie industry actually tried to make the Song of Solomon a uh, a movie, you know, tried to adapt it to the film, um, it would be, you know, probably triple X rated because the images are... So if you're ever, you know, looking for a little something, check out the Bible. God talks about it right there in the middle. Yep. Yep. And if you guys want... Pick up our book, Strip Down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage. It's going to help you start building that trust because each chapter, we give you a he said, she said sections, but we give you questions in the back of each chapter that you guys can sit down and talk through. The book is easy to read. This isn't a book that you're going to fall asleep to. And if you want that or just read it from cover to cover, it'll probably take you about an hour and a half. We don't recommend that. We recommend that you sit down and read it aloud, even in the evening or whenever you can with your spouse, and then talk through these questions so that you can start building up your marriage, working through it. And you can pick that up at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We have an ebook version, a soft cover version, and an audio version. So with that, I would say we are good to go. Yes? Yes. All right, you guys, have yourselves a fantastic week, and we love you. 